Welcome, everyone, to the Canadian Perspective, your source for leftist political news. And today, Derek's back. Hi, I'm back, guys. How's it going? Yeah. So. Yeah, I had some. I had some job stuff to do. <laughs> yeah, I did some. I'm uh, currently not working, and then I was applying for jobs and doing interviews and shit, and things got busy, so I was unable to do the podcast. Uh, yeah. Our schedule time, and then we rescheduled, and then they're like, yo, spend a day with us in the office. And I'm just like, cake. <laughs> right. I'm just like, well, a job is probably more important than one episode of the podcast. So we decided Cole would just do it on his own. So we wouldn't have to miss a week. That's right. And, and, I, and I think it turned out well. Yeah, it turned out <clears> fine. <throat> so a personal podcast. It was, it was all good. And now I'm back. I don't know if you like it or not, but here I am. All righty. So. The stories we got. So here's a brief update about the whole uh, mystery bills, the 19 mystery bills introduced by the progressive conservatives into parliament last week. So that open letter that I mentioned before from the communities, no cuts, the open letter that went to all the MLAs that these 19 bills should be made, the text should be made public by March 2nd. Well, here's an update on, on Wednesday, March 3rd, the PC government released the contents of only two of the bills. A Tory backbencher alleged on Facebook, right, that's the main platform for uh, public announcements and shit, yep. that the bills were not ready when they were introduced in November. But if that's the case, when a bill isn't ready, you don't introduce it into the House. No, you that keep, doesn't make sense. So I don't understand why that's the case. And of course, this nice open letter didn't really achieve its goal because only two of the bill's contents were released so yeah, no this is this is just the conservatives not expecting democracy yeah they're being fucked itself. up they're being fucked up and they're using excuses over to why they're doing this yeah well okay first of all if the bills weren't uh ready yet you just finish a bill before you introduce it that's just base like there's no problem it's not going to affect it either way so obviously these things were either either they don't know what they're doing or there's something they're trying to hide and I assume they're trying to hide something because they've been in power for a while, right? Yeah. Their excuse was that last, yeah, last year's spring in March, the NDP was using delay tactics in the parliament to prevent uh, bills being rammed through because mm -hmm. <clears throat> it was the last, the deadline for introducing new legislation until the parliament has a recess. So they were using delay tactics and the PC government is using that as an excuse to introduce a shitload of bills that are trying to force through. That argument goes completely out the window if, quote, the bills are not ready. Yeah. So either that's a false statement yeah. and the bills are actually ready and they're trying to ram them through. Which I believe is the case. Right. It doesn't make sense otherwise. Yeah, it and doesn't. What's the, yeah. other, uh, what's the other option there? Um, or he is telling the truth and the whole excuse that the progressive conservatives have is just null. Yeah. Of it being delayed, because why would you introduce incomplete bills? Well, yeah, you can't pass an incomplete bill. <laughs> that just doesn't make sense. It's like a, a law that's half written. Yeah, because then how is the opposition going to vote on it? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. They'll, they're just fucking lying here. They're just fucking lying. Yeah. And they're trying to hide uh, what they're doing. So obviously there's some malintent there. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, why would you uh, try to hide it? Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I'm not trusting this at all this is extremely anti-democratic mm -hmm. and everybody in manitoba should be up in arms about this this is ridiculous that's right and also what's going on in manitoba there is the governor general is doing an audit of manitoba hydro 
Manitoba's Auditor General is investigating allegations of government interference into Manitoba Hydro, which is an interesting term because... It's a crown corporation. Right. It's owned by the government. <laughs> but I think what they mean is like the government is forcing them to take certain contracts. In particular, they're referring to the, in 2010, Manitoba Telecom Services signed a 10-year contract valued at over $124 million to provide networking services in government offices across Manitoba. Bell MTS was awarded a 30-month extension last May worth $37.5 million. And the former Secretary to the Treasury Board of Manitoba was Paul Beauregard, and he had interfered in awarding a data networking contract. That's what the idea is. Okay. So the, op- the NDP are accusing Beauregard, who is a former MTS executive, of not letting companies compete for that contract extension. So the extension that happened last May, three-month extension to that contract that was signed in 2010, right, was worth $37.5 million. Mm-hmm. And what they're saying is that, oh, the NDP is saying that, oh, you guys didn't let uh, there be a fair competition for that contract extension. And what's that going to lead to? I don't know. Uh, well, NDP called for an audit on mm-hmm. Antipo Hydro International last September um, after obtaining documents through Freedom of Information that claims shows interference from Beauregard who has served as one of Premier Pallister's uh, top advisors. Okay. And so, yeah, they're going to audit that bitch and tell us what happened. And there you go. So there's some, uh, a little bit of corruption going on in Hydro. Yeah, and also this is relevant too because there was a review, there's a Hydro review, an independent Hydro review, of the NDP's handling of Hydro when they were in power. <laughs> Not great. Kind of slams them. Yeah. They're handling a Bipole 3. Don't know what that is. But yeah, mega projects basically were overrun by funds. You know, they went over budget too much underneath the NDP. But then the review stopped short of saying privatize hydro. They said okay. they opposed privatizing hydro. The well, review they said should. they should. Hydro should not be privatized. That's just going to drive up basic people's electricity bills to a ridiculous point. Can't privatize an elastic market. So. Wall, which is the last name of the guy who accumulated the report, shouted that. Wall, <laughs> <laughs> said, Wall. The corpor- said the corporation, this is what he suggested, should be mandated to focus on its core mission of providing electricity in an affordable and reliable way and purge any, any subsidiaries and divisions that don't align with that. Yeah, I agree, 100%. So that is purging those subsidiaries, means selling them off to private companies. Oh, okay. Well, that's one way yeah. you get rid of a subsidiary. Yeah. So I don't know. And that's, so that's basically what's happening to Manitoba Hydro International. So, so what that means, okay, I took that as uh, get rid of all the un- unneeded expenses, right? Yeah. But the goal of Hydro is to, of course, uh, make electricity the cheapest that they can for you. Yeah. So they're going to sell those uh, subsidiaries to private companies it says quote selling off some of those unaligned subsidiaries would provide proceeds that could be used to pay down the debt yeah when you have a subsidiary from a main company yeah you sell off that subsidiary because there's no point not to or you could just dismantle it and then there's no no benefit no benefit you sell it off you make money however you are selling off part of a public utility yeah whether or not that's i guess in this case it could be good maybe it could be a good effect what they uh how they do that but that would also possibly strengthen a competitors a private sector well the private private, a private sector company is not going to overtake a crown corporation that's just not how it works 
Right, because it's a forced monopoly. Yeah. Publicly. Monopoly that is at the behest of the public's opinion, Mm -hmm. which is where it's different than a private monopoly where it's just trying to seek profit. The corporation can do whatever the fuck they want. Right. 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 And that's ultimately the problem, because you can say the government's... um, and do whatever they want with a monopoly and talk about how monopolies are shitty. But ultimately, the goal of a crown corporation or a monopoly owned by the government, mm. which is owned by the people, of course, the goal of that is to uh, not make profit, take out the profit margin, which then saves either you money directly from the service because they're not overcharging you in order to create that profit. Or they're able to fund other things because of that profit. Right. And also the company can take a loss because it's using public money, the public capital, yep. as the equity for the company. Exactly. So, you, so the company can afford to lose money to keep prices low because they're dipping into the public's treasury. Yeah. Right. Getting paid by tax money. So it's your tax money funding this corporation. So it doesn't, the crown corporation system in itself is a little different than I would like. Yeah, right? it's, it's a perfect, little hands off. Like, it's more yeah. like you appoint board members, and then, for example, the liquor and games commission yeah. acts more like a company. Than they think it should because if you look at those prices of alcohol, I understand that at on one hand they're trying to protect people from themselves, which is well, kind of they're, bullshit. They're I I don't hundred percent disagree with it because they're uh, I understand they're why taxing they're it, it so much because it's so detrimental to your health, but they're still allowing you to go out and buy it. Right. Yes, same thing with that. smokes, right? Yes. Because you can sell smokes for like two bucks a pack, but it costs like, I don't know. $15 right now. 15 to $20 for a pack, a yeah. pack of premium smokes. Or just, right? just a regular, regular pack. Well, size. it depends. Red smokes are still five bucks. But <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, some okay. of them. But the quality is just, yeah, it's, um, the premium been... smokes are like that, but like the, the older, the red smokes that you can buy still in cartons for like 20 bucks or it's like nothing. Oh, okay. Nothing, but they're they're brutal to smoke. <laughs> they the are thing. brutal. Yeah, that's the thing. They are they are fucking. But like taxing yeah. that stuff isn't. I I don't have a problem with that. They are extremely overtaxed, but that's because they're so detrimental to your health. So they're trying to incentivize you not to do it. But then on the same hand, the people that are addicted to it are now just spending so much money on it. They can't survive otherwise. Like they can't pay for other things in their life. So I guess that's a. Another argument might be detrimental to addicts, which you also don't want to do. Yeah, I mean, I guess don't that it just adds to the stigmatism of an addict. So, so right? I guess the Liquor and Games Commission is, is oh, managed no. a little bit differently, but it doesn't look good. Yeah, we don't elect the fucking uh, officials of those, right? Those guys, and that's not really a make or break issue for if you're going to vote for a party or not. No, how are you going to manage the liquor and games commission? It's like no, that's not really. We just all complain about the beer prices up here in Canada. <laughs> yeah, that's really it. <laughs> Go down like to the your... states, you could buy a fucking beer for two, two bucks. Whatever. You could piss in a and piss in a glass, and it'll taste the same thing. Well, I mean, to American beer at least, <laughs> Canadian beer is a bit different. Anyway, so those two uh, those two <laughs> big megastructure projects that Bipole Three and the Kiosk Generating Station, the Built over the last 15 years, Manitoba Hydro's debt had tripled in that time to more than $23 billion. A lot of money. And then it says effective hydro management in recent years has mitigated further fiscal deterioration related to the projects in recent years, aka the conservative. That's mm-hmm. what they're trying to say. Not good. Not good look for the NDP, but I think what the NDP did for the province in general was good. Yeah. So yeah, let's not privatize anything. The 
conservatives are shitbags and should come out and tell everybody what these fucking bills are and inform of everybody. Of course they should. Yeah. Otherwise, they should be forcefully taken out of office. That's right. Because right. it's undemocratic. Okay, moving on. Kristen Cinema votes no. Yeah, yeah. So this is a clip. So what's happening in the Senate in the United States, um, they're trying to pass that COVID-19 relief bill. Uh, coronavirus, right? Yeah. And there's a provision to add a $15 minimum wage increase, a federal $15 minimum wage age increase to be a part of the COVID-19 relief bill. And they're using that, uh, I think I just explained last time, that they're doing it through budget reconciliation. Yeah, which, or they were trying to. Well, it, they, they still did. Yeah. Because the parliamentarian, Senate budget parliamentarian, yeah, she, uh, she has no power. She doesn't? No, she has okay. no power. Perfect. You can ignore her. You can fire her. You can, doesn't, doesn't, no one gives a fuck. And Bernie yeah. came out and he said, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't give a fuck yeah. about you. And your parliamentarian bullshit. We're doing the vote. And that's what happened. The Senate voted whether or not to include $15 minimum wage increase to the COVID-19 bill. And they voted no. Of course, all the Republicans voted no. But five or six Democrats voted no. And everybody knew Joe Manchin was going to do it. Yeah, Joe Manchin is a Democrat from West Virginia. And he's well, not, he's, he's basically a Republican. Yeah, he's a Republican with a D next to his name. He's, he's a blue dog. What right. they call them. Yes. He voted no. And Kristen Cinema is a senator from Texas. So she used to be like this big old activist, right? Yes. Or used to be when she was running for office like years ago. Like when did she originally run? I think it was the tweets that I saw were from 2014. 2014. Uh, first saying she was, I don't know if that's when she ran, but that's saying that that was the year where she was saying we need to raise the minimum wage for sure. Yeah, so she was she was a big part of this uh, conversation back then. She was a big activist, uh, LGBT rights um, activist, and all that. And then she got into power, and now she's voting no on things like fifteen dollar minimum wage. And the, the video went viral. Um, yeah, because she did it in such a quirky way. C-SPAN video of her walking up right to the center of the floor and doing a thumbs down, like an animated thumbs down, and then walking back. She's like, It's like a gladiator, gladiator event, uh, but like a little bit. Yeah, like, the emperor giving the thumbs down. Yeah, but like a him. weird... Uh, Mercy. Yeah, she yeah. was so fucking weird. It's like, haha, no sweaty. Yeah. You don't get to survive. Like, I don't know. It was so cringy. <laughs> It was so bad. And like just her past rhetoric too. She goes against everything she talked about mm -hmm. earlier in her career. I know. And people liked her because she was just this quirky kind of queer uh, type uh, activist, right? I think there's something to do with her sexuality. First bisexual member of U.S. Senate. Yeah. So part of the LGBT community itself, she was a big activist, big vocal uh, person within the community. Talking about politics, ran for office. She's now in the Senate. And she's voting no on things like this for basic people. Yeah, fucking that affects stupid. the um, people that are. Pisses me off. Affects so many people. And you can't call yourself a leftist. As a senator, as a senator she makes $60 an hour. Yeah, that's As a senator, gross. she makes $60 an hour. And she says, haha, no sweaty. You don't get to survive. <laughs> You're still getting $7.25. Like, come yeah, on. What the fuck? It's fucking gross. It's just gross to see. Just gross to see. You don't want to see an activist, someone that's a positive force well, in the, the world come out. Well, the thing is that she wasn't an activist. It's, it's that she switched sides. Yeah, basically. She, she took a lane to get elected. And then what happened was... When she got in, she was like, oh. Yeah, it oh. took over her. Came part of the swamp. That's right. The only person pretty much clean of that is Bernie. 
Yeah. Not too many other people are. Okay, here you go. Senator Cinema's spokesperson said it's sexist to comment on a female politician's quote unquote body language or Fuck quote unquote you. physical demeanor when Fuck HuffPost you. when HuffPost inquired about her thumbs down vote on minimum wage. That's fucking disgusting. She's out there just mocking every person that makes less than fifteen dollars. She's mocking them. It's such a negative just way she's presenting herself is she's doing like ha, funny you're dead you can't survive fuck you and it's like my state was out of power for a while no losers losers 70 people died losers secular i'm on secular talks uh kyle kalinsky's twitter right now yeah and he had a tweet over the video and it says yes queen we love wage slavery But yeah, I, I mean, but yeah, that's absolutely stupid. They're trying to utilize, oh, you're sexist if you, if you. No, it's not sexist if you're fighting for basic human rights. And you basic worker fucking rights. said no. Yeah. You said no against them. She later released a statement that said, I support the, the minimum wage. No, you fucking wage. don't. You voted against it. She said, I supported it, but I wanted to do it in an, a, a different way. Than through the COVID nineteen relief bill. That's effectively what she said. Yeah, but that's code statement. for I don't actually want to do it. But yeah, because we know still how Washington works. We know yeah. how politics works. You get whatever you can through whatever means. Yeah, that's that's all you do. If you want the fifteen dollar minimum wage, you know how hard it is to get that. You yeah. would do it now. And and here's the thing: this is also on Biden because yeah. Biden could have utilized the bully pulpit, and he has a ninety percent approval rating right now because people obviously people were burnt out by Trump, right? Yeah. And he could have taken all these Democratic senators in or sent out a phone call. And if some even pushed back, you could then he could have accepted them in the office. And say, listen, you're in a fucking vote. Yes. On the $50 minimum wage. Yep. And if you don't look at my approval rating. Yeah. Bitch. Look at it right now. Joe Manchin. If you have a primary challenger, I'll support that primary challenger. Your political career is over. Yeah, exactly. That's what he'll say. And then guess what? Joe Manchin. They're all little bitches. They're well, yeah, all little they, bitches. No, they make line. so much money there. Being a part of the, the Senate and stuff, knowing all the shit. They're all millionaires, right? Yeah. Because they're all corrupt. And they want to stay there. They want to stay in power because mm. it benefits them. They will do whatever it takes to stay in power. Right. So it's That's also, the corrupt nature of it. So it's also on Biden. So 100% it's on Biden. Yeah. Because Biden did not push back. He put this out there knowing that he would get a little bit of pushback from the blue dogs. Mm. And then he would cave immediately he could get the approval rating from the rhetoric that uh, he was talking about two weeks ago to get elected and then just not do it and um, support his donors. Right. Right. And that's why, you know, Derek, when you said, I'm really uh, impressed by Joe Biden's first couple, and now I'm like, wait for it, it, bro. Wait for it. I took it on its face, right? Because everybody was saying that it was going to go through, it was going to pass. It was all good. You know, everybody was supporting. Not and then all this happened. Joe Manchin, like, I think, on. straight up said, no, he's not going to do it. Well, I know, but you knew that. I know. So that's a problem because then they don't have the votes. Yeah, I know. If the, if the Senate is split 50-50, then it doesn't pass. No. So they know. needed that one extra vote. So Biden, not looking so good. No, this is... And he's bombing Syria. He dropped some bombs <laughs> in Syria. Yeah. I sh- that's not funny, but... It's fucked up. And uh, there's this uh, video of this guy ice fishing. I think it was MSNBC or something. They interviewed yeah. this guy. And he said, uh, you know, those bombs cost a lot of money uh, for a guy who owes me $2,000. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> and so, Guys ice fishing know more about politics than anyone else alive. <laughs> I would have to say, what do they got to do? Fucking ice fishing is the most boring ass shit. Bro, I love ice fishing. World. 
What are you talking about? Okay. All right. But I don't want to. I don't want to get in this fight, Derek. I don't want this podcast okay, to get destroyed listen. over ice fishing. Sushis and sushimis all day. I'm ice no. Fishing. Okay, we're moving on. Okay, that's a little bit of a reference. I'm sorry. There's going to be an explosion. Also, I find it so funny how uh, he waited 33 days to drop uh, his first bomb so he can say that he didn't do it in the first month. Yeah, I know. <laughs> fucking ridiculous. It killed like 22 people. Jesus Christ. Oh, didn't he, he did two airstrikes and then there was going to be a third airstrike, but he called it off because there were, quote, women and children in the area. And it's like, <laughs> bitch, there's always women and children in the fucking area. Yeah. I wonder how many women and children have died from all the U.S. drone I think strikes. He's, it's what like, you, that's an impossible number. It doesn't even matter if it's women and children. How it's about we say innocent people? It's an impossible number because the Obama's administration declared all casualties from the airstrikes enemy combatants. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Right? To hide that number. Yeah. And even then, independent investigations always reveal that there was many, many more casualties than the uh, military officially reports. I've heard from reports that it's upwards of 90% of the casualties are innocent civilians. Of course. I mean, if dying we... from these things. People like first responders, yeah. women and children, innocent, like not even just women and children, just innocent people. Innocent people, journalists journalists that like under international law are protected yeah, so who's the real terrorists there oh united states united states born yeah terrorism. yeah exactly like how else can you describe it so they're out, they're not terrorism. they're not bombing like military bases and shit they're bombing innocent people they're killing people they have and a disregarding they do things called signature strikes which yeah. is they think their target is in the area there's a signature of them being in the area so they go ahead with the strike and that's yeah basically firing blindly into yeah. a crowd is basically what they're doing hoping they hit the right guy and of course like you were saying the whole uh, first responders thing that's called yeah. a double tap strike where you do a um a drone uh, does um an airstrike and then it circles around and then it kills the first responders yeah to make sure that, that whoever was struck in the first strike doesn't survive now and yeah but that is literally killing innocent people that's not collateral damage anymore that's literally killing again innocent a people. war crime yes that is a war crime that's the United States participation. Chelsea Manning, but but don't worry. Helped, uh, but Chelsea worry. Manning herself was the person that. Oh yeah, she. That's the reason why she went to jail because she yeah. leaked all that stuff in the Iraq War. Yeah, about the Iraq War. But don't worry, it's it's the bombs will be dropped by a woman now. That's the classic. You're welcome. That's the classic comment. Oh my God. But is she a black woman? At least they'll be dropped. Oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, this is why identity politics doesn't fucking matter because ultimately, if it's a woman committing war crimes, or if it's a man committing war crimes, or if it's a black or white person committing war crimes, they're still fucking war crimes. Yeah, you shouldn't. You should totally, completely base it on their policy positions and their ideology and what they believe in. Doesn't matter what their gen, their sex is mm -hmm. gender is their race is the only time that that stuff matters is when there is a bar that they have to overcome due to that uh, identity the identity itself does not mean you're a good person yeah you yeah. just want to take um take all the barriers of entry that because politics used to be only done by or participated in by a uh, white man right uh -huh. take all that uh barriers of entrance down so that anybody can participate and then which we basically have now uh, except for social somewhat. social issues right Be somewhat yeah anyways we should move on to the next topic so i wanted to talk a little bit about canada's misery index so this is talking about the response to coronavirus and how much it uh, makes the canadian citizens miserable to mm. live hmm. i don't think so especially if you're living on a 
reservation that for 25 years hasn't had clean water. And now your family's dying because of coronavirus and the, the inadequate response that the Canadian government had. So a study was done in Ontario. Ontario institution of some sort did a study just describing 15 countries' misery index. They researched about three things, the response, the actual disease, and the effect of how many people got sick, basically, Mm -hmm. and were affected by that, and the economic output of it, right? Okay. They're called disease misery, economic misery, and response misery. Canada ranked sixth out of the 15 places in disease misery because we did an okay job. It wasn't great. We got a grade of B in that aspect, Mm -hmm. and then we ranked 13th out of a 15 for the for the economic impact so we were trash <laughs> during the economic impact mm-hmm. of this it's affected many people many people are now fucked over because they either lost a job especially in ontario yeah. and quebec they had the highest job losses yeah in all of canada yeah the unemployment was a big factor in this mm-hmm. and people can't get on serb and now are having to pay serb back through taxes i mean like i was unemployed for five months I couldn't get a job in my industry after graduating college. I couldn't right? either. I, I got it. Exactly. I got a and I, I didn't qualify for any of the fucking support. Yeah. I felt left out by the government because they're giving like students or whatever uh, money, people that lost their job money. I'm working like it's two like shifts a week. I just graduated. I then. just graduated into the worst economy ever of my lifetime. Not ever, but <laughs> yeah, I got fucked over and I couldn't even get any money from the government. I was unemployed for five months and I still haven't received unemployment. Yeah, that was crazy watching you try and get that EI. And like, I was, I still don't have an income, right? That's fucked up. It's really pissing me off. I'm still getting uh, hurt by this. So Mm. I'm uh, included in that. Also, the response misery because we ranked 14th out of 15 in the countries. uh, In the country, we ranked 14th out of 15 countries for the response misery because our response has uh, lasted so fucking long and it's still not it's still going to last a lot long well yeah but everybody's response is long well no the best the best places for this were norway and new zealand right of course you're gonna throw norway is like not no contest yeah these places i i mean they're a bit smaller than canada yeah, uh, yeah, true. yeah. But what they did was they tested everybody right off the bat right uh-huh. they tested over half the population Right off the bat, uh-huh. made sure they got everybody that would have been exposed or have left the country, everything. I looked up the population in Norway. It's 5, 000, 5 million, right? 5.2 yeah. million. Compared to Canada, which is 33 million. Yeah. Yeah. Which, but, so that is, uh, see, I thought that we were like near the same size. No. No, they're, they're, no. they're much smaller than us. Canada's 37.5 million. Yeah, but they, they were able to test basically everybody. That would have been a problem. Mm-hmm. Figure out who had COVID, shut down immediately for like a month. Mm-hmm. Everybody that had COVID and might have spread it to whatever, everybody that would possibly have it, all got tested, figure out who had it, isolate them, make sure they're not capable of spreading it anymore. Mm-hmm. And then their uh, response was minimal. Yeah. They, they could open up right after, right? It uh-huh. lasted like three months. And now they, they had uh, outbreaks here and there, and then they just went back into lockdown for like a month and came back out of it which is a lot better than like the wishy-washy hey you can do this you can't do this we want minimal spread but we don't want to stop the spread because we want to give you like half rights but then when we do that it just spreads even farther and then we have to shut down everything 
And this kind of like the dance that all of Canada has been playing. Mm-hmm. Right? We're in our third fucking month of Code Red, where we're just able to have essential goods available to us again. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm getting so burnt out by this. Like the news that they're keeping it Code Red in Manitoba? third in Manitoba. But it's not the emergency anymore. No, Remember, no, it's, visit- uh, it's working. It's working. I'm uh-huh. just saying the actual effect that it's having on like mental health. Oh yeah, it's, yeah, mental health is shit. Yeah, of course, detrimental. Yeah, I know. And Canada's healthcare system doesn't really support mental health faculties no. nearly as much. When you get to therapists and stuff like that, there's like fuck no, super underfunded. And it's, hopefully, it's you have to have a job and uh, that has um, that can cover care, it. That is supplemental care that covers yeah. it. And if if it, you, you don't, have to be with that job for six months. Yeah. In order to get it. Usually well, six months. My job, I have to be there for a year. Yeah. Before the, I get the job that I had a couple of weeks ago, same thing. Yeah. So it's like, cool. Cool. You have to be there for a year. What it's if like, you kill yourself within that year? And nobody cares. <laughs> right? No one cares. Yeah. I also looked up the suicide rate a little bit. I couldn't find much in five minutes. In five minutes, yes. Yeah. It was right before the podcast started. But no, it's, so it's fucking ridiculous. Also, I would like to point out. Canada has secured the world's largest number of potential COVID vaccine doses per capita, but when compared to the speed of vaccinations, we are way behind other countries. Oh, yeah. Just over three of 100 Canadians have received at least one dose compared to about 14 in the U.S. and 21 in the U.K., we're doing worse than the United States is yeah, there's at a good- delivering vaccinations. The United States is literally a dumpster fire when it came to COVID-19, and we're falling behind on delivering the vaccinations, and yet we have one of the world's largest number of them. We've hoarded so many. In fact, in the Noam Chomsky interview that Crystal and Kyle did, he points out that Canada has hoarded these vaccines in purchasing so many. Mm-hmm. And... We're just reals doing and like we're not, the best fucking job on the planet. <laughs> well, yeah, I think they said that some, they're doing some Palestinians are going to get it. Ha! Some Palestinians ha! are getting it. Fuck, of course. Of Only course. Because Palestinians in uh, Israel's eyes aren't, aren't worthy of it. They're second class citizens. Yeah, they don't fucking matter. They're subhuman, right? So yeah. who the fuck cares? I care. That's who. The Canadian perspective. We care. Of course we care. We think all humans are humans. And no I support boycott, boycott, divestment, and sanctions. Yep. of Israel's economy in order mm-hmm. to force them to have a hands-off approach or sorry to leave Palestine alone yep. and not have it uh, be an open-air prison like it is right now that's cool. the same strategy that worked on South Africa when it came to their apartheid system against uh, black people so I support uh, taking that solution but of course anti-semitic well that's the, the rhetoric, Israel's government right? always falls back on that it's not anti-Semitic to criticize a governmental body. Yeah. I don't like the government of Israel. Yeah, I don't I don't either. have a problem with Jews. Jews are fine. Yeah. It's the government that's the problem. Yeah. The Jews are fucked up shit. If they, <laughs> if they outvoted out their government and had um, a leftist party that started to, um, like, because they've basically destroyed their infrastructure. Yeah. When it comes to sewage, electricity, running water, and whatnot. Palestine's in, in, the West Bank and the other area of Palestine have been basically destroyed. So that needs to be rebuilt. And yeah. it can either be by Israel itself. I don't believe that they would like to do that. Or you could have a United States Commission come, um, United Nations Commission come in and do that. Whichever one, doesn't matter. But if they had a new government that was uh, in favor of approaching that situation, then I, w- um, I would support that. Yeah, I would too. 
but right now they don't anyway so yeah um canada's doing garbageo when it comes to the vaccinations we did okay with the whole uh, avoiding the disease but yeah economically we took a hit i covered that in Ours, the last podcast. our response was one of the most expensive in the world was it? Our, our economic response was one of the most expensive in the world. Well, what about Germany doing furloughing, furloughing uh, salaries, wages? Um, I don't actually have the numbers on how much uh, that was. Because we only paid what? They were, they were ranked much higher um, on the misery list, right? Which the higher you rank, the better you are. The lower you rank, the worse you are. Right. Right. They did a pretty good job. I also think it's, this, it's a similar thing because they weren't in lockdown for like six months. Their economy were still running, right? Yeah, well, they're, they're supposed to be still running. You can't buy an original Floyd Rose made in Germany now. They're sold out. They're <laughs> fucking a sold out. Player, uh, I know. Problem. They are. But I mean, like here, we couldn't buy unessential goods. Non-essential goods? Yeah. Yeah, I know. You would walk into um, a clothing store and they would have the caution tape. Yeah, you out. couldn't walk into the clothing section of, of, like, Walmart. Here's an idea. Take the fucking clothes down, bro. Somebody could cough on that shit. Yeah. Just take the clothes I down. Know. I don't know. What I mean, fuck? like, if you're in, like, I couldn't buy a fucking blender. <laughs> I went out to buy a blender at Christmas, and I couldn't buy one. I'm just like, <laughs> fucking <laughs> buy a blender. I was trying to make oh. Vina Tarta, the most Manitoban thing uh-huh. ever. It's Icelandic. But I couldn't buy a fucking mean? lunch kit, bro. I like why? Because <laughs> I didn't COVID. understand that COVID, dude. I'm just like fuck. I gotta fucking blend this, uh, this like prune mash with a mashed potato <laughs> or mashed potato uh, masher. <laughs> so I'm sitting there cooking it for like half an hour, mashing it with a potato masher. <laughs> oh you, like, you had to resort to like putting it in a Ziploc bag and then beating it with a hammer. Yeah, <laughs> basically. I don't even have a hammer. I can't buy a hammer right now either. You don't have a hammer? Not here, no. I have like three hammers, bro. You can borrow bro. a hammer. You could be a hammer, bro. Mario Brothers. <laughs> this is definitely going in the podcast. Oh, fuck yeah. Um, and the whole pork chop conversation we had that Yeah, time. so the US, back to, back to the misery index. Which sounds like a fucking emo band song. It does sound like a an emo song. It was like, come on, from like two thousand one or something. Yeah, two thousand five. Sad boy. Wait, what's the what's the uh, Paramore song? Misery business. I think so. Yeah, misery index. I don't know. I that's I, probably why. I, it if I knew me the lyrics, it. I would sing them right now with that. But I don't. Fuck, I think I covered that song once. But yeah, the the states ranked higher than us, like it's better crazy. than us. It's they ranked crazy. ninth out of the fifteen countries. Because they, they didn't really shut down their economy. No, but they had more deaths from COVID. Yeah, they ranked pretty bad in That's, that I covered department. this yesterday. Our, yeah, our or last economic week. recovery is... Sorry, yesterday. Last week. <laughs> the economic recovery for Canada has been worse, and we've lost 800,000 jobs since uh, the last January. But compared to the United States, yeah, we're doing worse ec- economic growth, GDP growth-wise. But they're getting way more deaths and, se- yeah. and cases of COVID-19 because which they didn't shut down the worse. No. Which, and I, I said in the last one, I'd rather have less numbers in the GDP than have more dead Canadians. Mm-hmm. That's what I said. But I mean, if you're looking at these numbers here, though, it appears that, yeah, when it came to our response, we kind of didn't... We kind of fucked up. 
because uh, the way we're doing the recovery, uh, we weren't hard enough with the restrictions right off the bat. We're wishy-washy, and so many people well, got it. A lot of provinces. It was left up to a lot of provinces. It was left yes, up. Yes, that's true. That's true. A actually. lot of provinces. The so, conservative problem, uh, provinces didn't do as well. Yeah, that's right. Manitoba, we kind of, we, we were good for the third phase, right? Yeah. We were in phase, sorry, what was it? We were in phase two or three, yeah. and we were doing fine. We're heading into September. We're doing fine. Then, then that ended. We went into yeah. phase four when we started to open shit up. Yeah. That's when things skyrocketed. Also, when schools opened up. So not a good idea. We should have stayed in phase three. Would have been way much better because now we had to go into code red lockdown. Yeah. Complete quarantine mode for like, what, two months? A month or two? Mid-November? Well, we're still, we're still in code red. Still code then, red. But they relaxed some things, didn't they? A couple things, but we're still in code red. Oh. We're in code red. You can't buy any essential things. I think at all it, can't see anybody but some stores have opened up though some stores have opened up but we're still considered in code red we're not in code orange right now so since like what mid-november now it's uh mid that's the beginning march. of march i can't see my friends i can't see anybody like the like i understand why it makes sense why we can't do that stuff mm-hmm. right and it's understandable it's just the mental health aspect of it is just like it takes a toll it takes a toll on a population and yeah. that's what this misery index is trying to um, talk about. At least in the states, they can go out and do shit. Not that it's safe, and it is causing people to die. But that's probably a part of it. I guess it's so. not necessarily what is nominally the best. So. And we should go to the next story. I also want to talk about Canada's relationship with Indigenous people <laughs> to celebrate a... International Women's Day. As we all know. Very kind and cooperative relationship oh, yeah. oh, over yeah. the histories. Great. Re- uh, it's like that, that, that in the I, United I States, in the United this. States uh, textbook yeah. that says Christopher Columbus comes in and then the name of the chapter is moving out. And the Native Americans, they agreed to give their lands over to the American settlers. Like, no, no, motherfucker, you guys did some genocide. No, it was, it was so bad that the yeah. people back in, uh, back in Europe were appalled by what uh, Columbus was doing. Yeah, it was bad. People. Bad. Biological warfare. Raping. The biological warfare thing was a part of the American Indian War. Columbus didn't yeah. do it. Okay. Well, but Columbus no, did he bring, did. He, did he bring brought disease accidentally. Yeah. But I'm sure he wouldn't, didn't give a fuck. I'm sure he would have just used well, it Well, I mean, they didn't know anything about I don't think that he was smart enough. Then. He wasn't smart enough. <laughs> well, they just didn't know about that shit back then. Right, yeah. They thought, they thought smells caused disease, which is kind of true. So go on. Yeah, he was disgusting. But mm-hmm. anyways, of course, Canada is trash when it comes to relationships with indigenous people. So there was a story about a couple weeks ago about uh, this guy, uh, Bradley Barton. We should have a trigger warning for this one. Who was a trucker that was convicted of manslaughter during a retrial of the death of uh, Cindy Gladue, Gladue, Yeah, who bled to death in a hotel bathtub. It's a motel, actually, there. No. I Get your shit that. right. You know, it doesn't matter. Anyways, so what happened was um, Barton, back in 2011, I think it was, uh, he paid uh, Cindy a Gledo, yeah, sex work, whatever, and uh, she got a tear in her like vaginal tissue or something like that. Yeah. That was bad enough that she bled out in the bathtub, and apparently Barton's uh, defense was he didn't realize that happened, and when he found her body, he was uh, very shocked, right? Mm-mm. take that as you will you can't really prove anything there mm. um whether it was an accident or not that's why he was convicted of manslaughter however this is a retrial so there's an original trial that happened back in 2015 yeah which i don't understand why there was a four-year 
gap between the incident and the trial, but whatever. Yeah. Where I, I'm just going to talk about, we should have a trigger one. Yeah, we should have put that in before. <laughs> Start talking about. We can, we can dub it back in. Okay. So what happened? So the racist part of this is um, during the original trial, they brought a piece of her vaginal tissue, her pelvic tissue, to the courtroom as evidence and referred to it as uh, a specimen and GLaDO herself as a prostitute and a, and a native, which probably used in a derogatory way, right? Yeah. And this apparently goes against the uh, indigenous post-mortem protocols. Yeah, so I don't know anything about that stuff. But uh, the, the indigenous community talked about this afterwards and said this is a complete violation of how they deal with uh, deceased members of the community. Mm-hmm. Their burial processes, which is, of course, should be respected, right? Right, yeah. Like anybody, if someone wants to be cremated, donate their body to science, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever they want to do, yeah. it should be respected. In this case, it was not respected. And it was kind of dehumanizing, they, uh, they were saying, to, be, to refer to her as a specimen. Yeah, that's kind a of piece of her body as a specimen mm. and just show it, bring it, take it off of her and bring it to the courtroom. Yeah. Pretty that's, that's the treatment of a subhuman right there. Yeah. Right. That's the, that's what we're talking about. This isn't an isolated problem either. Uh, in the past. About, let me just talk about this story. In 2015, a sex assault victim was arrested for a few nights, but then was, um, she was transported to the courthouse in the same vehicle with their assaulter in it. Yeah, that happened. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, that was in the article too. Another one was um, a woman died in the hospital while the nurse staff called her stupid and only good for sex. No, they were filmed. Yeah, the nursing staff. They were filmed. It was proven that they did that. All these things are fucking disgusting. All systematic. Not to mention the whole um, residential school thing. Yeah, when was the last residential school uh, 1991. Was it 1991? I think it was 1991. 1996 in Saskatchewan. How long ago was that? That's 25 years ago. Residential schools lasted up until 20 year, 25 years ago. How fucking disgusting is that? Reservations up north. Half of them don't have fucking running water. They don't have drinking water. Yeah, like I was saying before, with the whole, uh, the liberals promised to end the long-term water advisories. Yeah, they're doing shit all, though. Well, they covered, they, they ended 60% of them. Did they? Yeah. Okay. Since it took power. But they were promised that by March of 2021, which is this month, that they would have 100% of them done. And they, they didn't. They, they live in substandard housing conditions, too, up there. Yeah. Old, there's so many problems. They're just systematic. The systematic um, oppression of a people. Yeah. Also, the, the missing and murdered indigenous women. And well, that's, that that's why I'm talking about this right now, right? It's mm. because... I think it's um, due to homeless people. It's like how 10% of the population is indigenous or something like that. Mm-hmm. 60 to 70% of the homeless population is indigenous. Missing, uh, missing uh, women. 4% of women in Canada are indigenous. However, it's upwards of 25% of them or 30% of them is, uh, are on the missing persons list, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so apparently... Four percent of Canada's population is uh, Aboriginal, and they Aboriginals account for eleven percent to almost hundred percent of the homeless population in major urban zones. Yeah, exactly. It's blatantly obvious. Mm. Blatantly obvious. It's all systematic racism right there, and we we got to talk about that. Like, it just 
even this decade with these stories, it just shows how these people are treated and how disgusting it is. Yeah, it is. And talking about Women's Day today, International Women's Day. Yeah. Um, which really has no meaning, but <laughs> it's just a day. Right. But like talking about that, why, why aren't we talking about this issue right now, right? We should be. We should be instead of, uh, well, not instead of, but on top of gender equality issues. Yeah. So I think that's just fucking ridiculous. It is. It is ridiculous. And also, um, I would say it's almost worse than the Jim Crow stuff in the in the states or it's equivalent to that it's equivalent i would say it's yeah yeah so the oppression of people is just just it's fucked up any oppression really it's ultimately why i uh i'm part of the left that's right egalitarianism yeah so the other story i would like to bring up is that the continuing situation in myanmar everyone's favorite oh yeah yeah we, so this is like the fourth week of covering this eh is it oh yeah since it started off february 1st yeah yeah basically as of monday today this is from france 24 all right so they're they're <laughs> quite a bit um ahead of us so two pre- protesters were killed by gunshot wounds to the head uh in myanmar on monday witnesses said while there was a mass general strike that shut down shops factories and banks by unions that uh, banded together but yeah the the oppression continues Police and military have killed more than 50 people to quell daily demonstrations and strikes since February 1st. According to the United Nations, last week, shit's hitting the fan. Yeah, I mean, that's what's going to happen. Oh, yeah, and I security mean, forces are keeping a presence at hospitals and universities. That's, that, that was the, the new information. Okay. They're posting people at hospitals and universities permanently. Military? Yeah, military okay. personnel. Well, I'm in total support for the people. Mm-hmm. Fuck that military. The oppression that they're uh, imposing on the rose. Yeah, it is. Something else that came out, the official and local campaign manager from Sue Key's National League for Democracy, which was the previous democratically elected government that was in yeah. power. Yep. Sue Key, right? That was the prime minister. Her campaign manager, uh, Kin Maung Lat, died in police cu- custody on Sunday. And uh, a deposed lawmaker said reports of bruising to Kin Manglat's head and body raised suspicions that he had been tortured severely. Um, that's yeah. the military we're talking about here. They do a lot of torture over there. Yeah. And the military, of course, did not comment. <laughs> the army said it was dealing with protests lawfully. Okay. All right. Sure. Yeah. Fuck Shooting off. people in the Fuck head. off. Did you see the CIA guy uh, come out and say he was um, ashamed to be, he was like the director of the CIA, said that he was ashamed to be a white man? Because of the actions of other white men, society, and I'm just like, this is a story Kyle Kalinske did, and what? then it's like, nom, nom, nom. you did torture, you fucking asshole. You did torture. You're not ashamed of doing torture. You overthrew governments and shit. killed a whole oh bunch of people. God. Are you ashamed of that? Fuck shit. you and your gender politics. No one gives a fuck. No one gives a fuck except for maybe turfs. <laughs> yeah, except for maybe turfs. China came into and said. Uh, it was prepared to engage with all parties to ease the crises and was not taking sides. Of course. Myanmar. Of course, China. Of course. China's, China's of course China. going to become the world superpower. We're all going to be taken over by China Shit, and forced not. to make mini American flags. How long have we been going? Uh, we've been going for an hour. Under an hour. I think that's good. All right. 
so that's all the stories we had ready for you guys remember to um follow our podcast on uh whatever streaming platform you're listening to us on um remember to hit up our youtube and our twitter (coughs) and our instagram and give us a follow it helps us out and download the podcast that's important that gives us some good analytics and uh we're happy that everybody's listening too yeah um it's growing uh we got some feedback from some of our followers now and yeah it's it's good Scrolling out of people, just the people that we know, which is super exciting. Yes. I, I hope we're uh, providing a good service for you all. Hopefully we're providing good information <laughs> for you guys. And uh, yeah, so that was a Canadian perspective. Signing off. Love you guys.